you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I have a great guest. It is Dr. Fred Moss. He's a psychiatrist who has been actively participating in the mental health field internationally for over 40 years. And mental health is such an important topic nowadays. So I'm very happy to have him on Ideas and Leaders today. Hi, Fred. It's great to have you here. It really is great to be here. And what a great topic. It's so timely. And, you know, every time someone reminds me how long I've been doing this. It's just shocking. I start thinking about, yeah, I've really been in mental health as a professional for uh, 42 years and as a psychiatrist for um, something like 30, 33 years as a psychiatrist. And it's like, it just seems day to day. And it seems like, you know, maybe it's going to end soon. But then I realize I've really amassed for you know, over four decades in the field. So it's amazing. (laughs) It's like, wow, Wow, I didn't even notice. I didn't notice while it happened. Yeah. (laughs) It's really impressive. And um, looking at your career and uh, your clients that you've been working with and comparing uh, your experience to the last couple of years when we had the the pandemic and everything changed, do you see that there is a change uh, in in, uh, mental health issues? And what, what change do you observe? Well, I think there is, uh, you know, the, the whole definition of mental health has to be thrown out there. And what is it that we're really talking about when we're saying we're mentally healthy or not? So um, there's been some paradigmatic shifts over time that have most of us believing that if we feel bad, that there's something wrong with us. And that's what's called mental health. Mental health is when you don't feel bad, apparently, except that isn't really what mental health is. Feeling bad when it's proper to feel bad is called being mentally healthy healthy. And so, you know, we like to think that if we're feeling miserable or anxious or afraid or depressed, there must be something wrong with us. That is simply not the case. So when we're confused in in a confusing situation, or when we're depressed in a sad situation, or when we're nervous, when the future looks very, very unclear, or when we're um, hopeless because our direction has changed, um, that's called being mentally healthy, actually, even if it hurts to the bone. And the idea is, is that being tolerant of the intolerable and being accepting of the unacceptable and embracing all of life for what it is, including the burns and the misery and the pain, as well as the ecstasy, the magic and the miracles, that's what mental health is. You see, so if that's where we have to start, you could say, oh, the world is less healthy because we're more depressed. That's not actually accurate. We're more depressed. And if in a situation where depression is appropriate, where feeling sad is appropriate, that's the essence of being mentally healthy. If you can learn how to not be sad when you should be sad, there's nothing healthy about that. Um, You know, the opportunity is to just take life for what it is, respond effectively um, based on what's so, utilizing everything that's there and available to do so. And then from there, that, in my eyes, is mental health. It's like blaming a log for burning in a fire 
doesn't make any sense. If you put a log in fire and it burns, that's a good log. Good job. And uh, that's because that's what a log is supposed to do in a fire. If you put somebody in a situation where fear, anxiety, pain, and discomfort are expected and normal, and they show fear, anxiety, pain, and discomfort, I got nothing more to say. That's called mental health. Let's share. Let's be with each other. Let's connect because that's where the healing comes. Yes, I really love it. And I think that we have this paradigm shift in the last years that everyone says that we should be happy. There are happiness courses, happiness coaches, that we need to to feel amazing all the time and we can do this. So many people, they're like confused. We cannot be happy all the time. And they start feeling that something is wrong with them. So I really love what you're saying that as human beings, it is okay when we don't feel very well. That's uh, right. Yeah. However, in the, in the last couple of years, you think that, uh, do you see and do you observe that people like became, yeah. there are more cases of depression and that uh, yeah. the, all this situation, it causes uh, anxiety and uh, does it influence their mental health somehow? Sure. I think there's a couple things, you know, people have asked me this a number of times and um, I'm going to take a little bit of a slightly different angle as I answer today. And the couple things that come to mind is I think that there is a blanket of resignation that has fallen over a lot of the community in all of the globe, actually, uh, a sense that it maybe it doesn't matter or a hopelessness that putting forth your best effort doesn't seem like it's worth it anymore. So a sense that that your work, is, you're not getting the payoff from the work of bringing a good attitude or bringing some new ideas, uh, you know, new ideas are squelched, you know, they're canceled or censored. And, uh, you know, if you're outside the mainstream and you're thinking, uh, which most people actually are, it's funny, um, almost everybody is outside the mainstream and they're thinking, but they actually temper it down so that they can be in something that's uh, elusive called the mainstream. Uh, but almost all of us are, are uh, in our real thinking are outside the mainstream, and then we temper it down. We're actually, you know, homogenizing ourselves. So there's a there's this there's unhealthiness in that for sure. There is unhealthiness in changing the way that you are in order to meet the goals and needs of where someone or something wants you to be like actually giving up your true essence and so in order to fit into a population that you actually don't agree with. Uh, this is a this is a huge problem. And this level of duplicity, there is some inherent mental dis-ease that comes from that for sure. So I would say that's one area of life where uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a pandemic in the resignation component of what that is to be a human. Yeah, and that, I think that that is inherently um, a fracture and a disease and needs healing and the healing that it needs, it comes from not only bringing forth true voice, but listening to other people bring their true voice forward, being enough aware that that is their true voice and a way to, you know, and then listening carefully and then bringing forth what is one's true voice to that conversation is where healing comes. Healing comes in the connect. Another piece of this, which might be the other piece I wanted to point to, which might be secondary and correlated to that, is that I think that 
people are just like so self-righteous about what they have to say about not only not only the pandemic, but a number of issues. And not only are they self-righteous, there's this new level of hating or not accepting any views that not are that are not aligned with our views, even if our views are elementary and based in the sky, you know, even based in like the sand based in like, where did you get that? Like, you know, why, why do you think that? And, um, and so people are actually acting more like they're sure of themselves when in fact, they are definitely less sure of themselves. So even they're responding to being less certain about what is really so for them by pretending that they are more certain about what's really so for them. Again, what we have here is a disconjugation, we have a disconjugation connection between who we really are and who we act like we be. And when you have that level of disconnection, that is not healthy. That is not, you know, I would say that's the essence of, uh, you know, mental disease is the duplicity that comes with being someone you're not with working hard to be someone that you're not in order to fit in or in order not to get in trouble. And I think right there, that is a um, that last twist to pretend to be someone that you're not and then carry it out. I don't have a vote in for that one. It just doesn't seem like a very good plan. And it and clearly leads to uh, disruption in mental health on a personal and community and global scale. Yeah. So uh, if we are not in line with who we are, if we are following someone else's points of view or mainstream, then uh, we, we can have certain problems. Uh, but I think that this is fundamental, that we need to know who we are at a certain level. We need to understand who we are, who we are what are our values. And um, so, so what do you think if we understand at a certain point that, yes, we might have some issues, that uh, we need probably uh, mental health treatment, or do you recommend the conventional uh, mental health treatment all the time, or do you see any alternatives, and what are those alternatives? <laughs> Well, you had already mentioned I've been in mental health for 40 years and in and frankly I don't recommend it on on a global scale at all. I definitely don't recommend conventional mental health as the primary way to go down this pathway. Um and the reason I don't is and I love the, I love mental health practitioners. I mean they're they're the best. I think we're great. I like being part of the group. I I like uh, the, the whole essence of psychology or social work or counseling or therapy, or, um, you know, advisors, I, I like that a lot. Uh, the, the whole point is, is that once one enters mental health, uh, the mental health field, usually what that requires is a confirmation that there's something wrong with you. In fact, at the bottom of the insurance form, every or, or some, you know, not everybody uses third party, but many do. 
they have to write, why are they seeing you? And the, the reason they're seeing you is because you have a diagnosis. And the reason you have a diagnosis is because there's something wrong with you. And the whole relationship is built on there's not something wrong with me because I'm the therapist and there is something wrong with you because you're the patient. And I'm going to give you something that you don't have yet because I have some tools that allow you to be at normal. You, the log who's burning in the fire, need to learn how to stop burning in a fire. And I think that that whole model is built on something that inherently promotes disease rather than going at what's really here which is uh connecting connecting actually connecting as a human to human actually getting that that person over there has a viewpoint or a world a world view that might be different than yours or might be mm, aligned in such a way to, to leave massive discomfort do you get that if you're uncomfortable what you really want is to be heard and if you're comfortable, what you really want is to be heard. In fact, if you're human, what you really want, I think you can probably fill in the blank here, is to be heard. So if you're an employee, what you really want is to be heard. If you're an employer, I think you're getting the, the pattern here, right? If you're, a pat, if you're an employer, what you really want is to be heard. What people really want is to be heard and connected to. So inside the corporate environment, for instance, uh, there are, there's a, many people have felt muted or muffled in delivering their true voice due to their concerns of the corporate culture. And what's really available is to bring one's true voice forward to actually bring one's voice and not be herded, but actually to be heard. So the possibility exists that you don't have to be muffled. You don't have to be muted. That your true self, your true voice is welcome everywhere. And it's at least as welcome as whatever lie that you're making up. I mean, there's no way that the lie you're making up is a better idea ultimately than whatever it is, is your true voice. I just have to stick with that. I did. I get it. Your true voice might leave you vulnerable. I might leave you saying something that other people didn't want to hear. But there is no way that making up a certain self, acting a certain way that is totally misaligned with who you are, and then delivering that into a world that was looking for what you are about can be healthy. So I think that to con the conventional medical or psychiatric or psych psychological approach is to, you know, diagnose, treat, medicate, maintain that diagnosis as usually a chronic concern like, oh, he's, he's got depression or she's got anxiety. And then all of a sudden acting like you're outside the range of normal because you're anxious or you're outside the range of normal because you're depressed or afraid or whatever discomfort, low vibrational discomfort you might have. When in fact, wouldn't it be great to confirm that experience? Not as yes, I see there's something wrong with you, but yes, I see that you're human and I am too. Now, if you can find someone to have a connection with you, that's willing to confirm that that's where healing is going to occur. And by the way, you're not going to need six months and all sorts of approvals from third parties to make that happen. Healing will occur for you and for the listener when that takes place. And it takes about one second. When you're heard, there is no reason to have extended therapy one hour a week into the, into the oblivion. Not at all. When you're heard, when you're understood for what's so, when they can hear your pain, when you can hear someone else's misery or values or interests, 
when you can connect with another person, boom, healing takes place right there. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, we really want to be heard and uh, it can be helpful and therapeutical for us. So what do you recommend? Uh, how can we do this if we are not maybe, you know, professional speakers yeah. and trainers, speak, talk to people every yeah. day? How we can do this? Yeah, it's great. Great question. Here's what I'm going to submit to that question. We're all professional trainers. We're all, we all know how to do it. We are, every one of us knows how to do this. Uh, it, 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 we get, we're social beings. Every one of us knows how to do this. Connection, it starts from the very second that we're born. We come out, we're with our mom, we connect. That connection is not something you need to learn in school. Connection is not something you need to learn by having thousands of, I mean, I have had thousands of discussions, so maybe I've had a little more than average, but it isn't really, that is, you know, the fact that I went to school and passed some tests or went to a really great school and passed some tests with some really great people or went to a, you know, or have had experience in places where there's really sick people and I was on the well-sided team, that's all well and good. And maybe it does leave me enough to be at least a podcast guest. I'll give you that. You know, I have, I can be a podcast guest and speak to uh, the magic of connection, but you don't need to go to college to learn how to connect to another person. You don't even need to be more than five years old to learn how to connect to another person. It, connecting to another person is a natural form of humanity. Connecting to another person. Imagine we all know how to connect. That's why we stand up and have these conversations. All the places that you have to do, what are you doing? You're telling me about your listenership. Why do you tell me about your listener? because you want me to connect to them. You want you to connect to them. Why are we reaching through all this technology we have this morning and all our wants and needs to make sure that we're properly ready to look at each other and be with each other so that we can make a difference? The whole thing driving this is connection. You don't need a PhD in connection to know how to connect as a human being. Therefore, it might be the guy next door who's a plumber, or I might be the older woman down the block who lives alone, or it might be the 13-year-old the, the who likes playing basketball in their driveway, or it might be anyone. But when you connect with another person and hear them for who they are and allow them to have the opportunity to hear you for who you are, it is in that moment of connection that healing occurs instantly and profoundly way more than anything that any conventional mental health provider can provide for you uh, if you feel miserable and need confirmation of that. Yeah, so we can basically start conversations and uh, uh, talk to people and you're encouraging to have those interactions and you also um you're writing about healing through uh, creativity and health mm -hmm. expression so what what else can you recommend in this area what else can we do to uh towards uh, the, the better mental health Right. So I, again, uh, I, that you're, you're pointing to a book I wrote a few years ago called the creative eight healing through, through, uh, creativity and self-expression. And that book points to some really easy ways to find ourselves and our, find our true voice and to share it with others. So I have it that, you know, while we're creating, while we're actually doing something new, while we're actually bringing a new process into the world during those times, any of our discomfort tends to dissolve instantly while we're in the act. 
So those uh, creativity, you know, it, it, given that we're, you know, we're brought here as mini creators anyways, and we're creating things second by second, uh, you know, is uh, art or music or dancing or singing or writing or cooking or gardening, even uh, photography, um, you know, uh, there is a space there while we're creating that leads to a sense of reset and a sense of health. So while you're singing and you can sing alone or while you're dancing and you can dance alone or while you're playing music and you could take sticks out and pound them on the table and call that music. Um, during that process, all the discomfort we feel tends to dissolve, tends to go away, tends to disappear. And maybe it'll come back afterwards if we wanted to, or if we leave the door open, or if we, you know, it, the stress and strain shows up again. But I really recommend creativity as a way of managing uh, any kind of imbalance. Now, art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, and gardening, and then photography and cleaning are the creative eight and the, and the extra two. And then I have a, what I'll call a trump card. And the trump card is over the top of all of those, the one thing that we can do. And I almost don't want to share it with your listeners because it's kind of a teaser break with my book. But my book is available at welcometohumanity.net forward slash um, creative or forward slash creative eight, either of those. And one of those is a uh, one of those is an audio book and one of those is a uh, ebook. Um, so that's welcometohumanity.net forward slash uh, creative or creative eight. The ultimate trump card is service or helping anyone do anything. And we're back to the essence of connection. When we bring forth our own soul to help somebody carry out that which they're up to, we absolutely leave our own confines of the prison of our self-concerns and bring it out there into the world. And when we help somebody, is there anything more rewarding than actually appreciably helping somebody? And giving someone the opportunity to receive our help is also just beyond uh, imagination in its power. So most people have trouble, you know, actually asking for help. But if we can gracefully provide it anyways, people are so appreciative. And again, a new reset starts like a new, oh, like a new birth of faith about humanity can start like instead of the resignation people can get a little taste of, wow, maybe people aren't so bad, or maybe I can be helped, or maybe there is hope, or maybe I can help another person. And again, we're looking at healing taking place instantaneously without the need for insurance approval or prolonged um, treatments or diagnoses or medications. Great. So thank you very much for all, for all of those tips. So we just need communication, talk to people, express ourselves, do something creative and serve others. Yeah. And those things can, can really help us. Uh, thank you very much, Fred, for sharing those uh, things with us. And if you were to summarize and to uh, give uh, to share something with our listeners that is the most important in your opinion to maintain uh, good mental health and uh, if we think that something is wrong with us uh, which maybe it is not as you said so what what uh, would you like to leave our listeners with? sure thank you for that question 
I really want our listeners to understand that I'm not diminishing the pain and misery and discomfort that's here in your life and here in your world. In fact, I'm underlining it and emphasizing it. I do not think it's less than war is made up or that it's in your head or pick up yourself by the bootstraps or, you know, just forget it and move on. Not at all. It's a matter of acknowledging and getting what's so about your pain and your discomfort, your disease, and really getting that being uncomfortable and being miserable as one might be, um, is not diminished by me. I'm not saying put on a pair of rose-colored glasses. What I'm really saying is you, there might be nothing absolutely wrong with that and that it can theoretically be embraced or at least shared with another so that uh, healing can begin. Healing in that you are being heard for what your true experience is and helping another. So the ultimate thing I would say with respect to the conversation that we've just had that might be the take home is maybe you are not mentally ill. Maybe you are just human. And if you can walk away with you are not mentally ill, you are just human, that is a super great place to start. And you can start actually appreciating being uncomfortable, because you can know that we all are. It's pretty freaking uncomfortable at times being a human. And share, and there's nobody, I don't let anybody tell you, what do you mean discomfort? I'm not uncomfortable. That's just straight BS. If someone says they're on, you know, they don't have a clue what discomfort is, they're just not telling the truth at all. And we all know what deep discomfort is. This is not an effort to diminish it. It's an effort to take away the notion that there's something wrong with being uncomfortable. So when that starts, it's okay to be uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. You are not mentally ill. You are just human. I think that's a super cool place to launch from. And that's where my work, that's how I help people. Perfect. Thank you so much for summarizing this in such a beautiful way. And if our listeners want to contact you to, to talk to you more, uh, where can they find you? So the website that thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you and our listeners. Um, the website uh, is uh, in revision, as many of our websites are, but you can find me at welcometohumanity.net. I'm Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. I like getting emails. So Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. I have a presence on Facebook and a presence on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I uh, uh, also have presence in Insta and, um, and uh, Twitter, but I don't use them these days as much. So I think if you're going to get a hold of me, that's where I would go, the Dr. Fred at WelcomeToHumanity.net. Um, I also have a, a summit coming up on February 19th and 20th called the uh, True, Voice, uh, True Voice Summit, the True Voice Podcasting Summit. I'm graduating uh, 25 28 people from my uh, course and who went from zero to podcast. So these are 28 new and fresh, really great podcasters who are up to great things in the world. We're going to have some keynote speakers and um, really celebrate and spotlight them. So that's a true voice podcasting in the Facebook group. You can come see me there, the podcasting community. Um, and um, let's see. And, you know, I have this new book coming out. So the new book is find your true voice. And um, I know that's surprising to everyone that I would have a title called find your true voice, but uh, that is the title of the book. And it's for uh, leaders and coaches and consultants who are ready to bring their authentic message into the world. And uh, that's a book that I 
I certainly can share with you, uh, uh, with our listeners, and even send a copy uh, out there to them uh, if they're interested. And we can talk about all sorts of ways that I can be of some service. I like doing expert speaking and keynote speaking. I have a one-to-one coaching uh, arrangement for those people who feel like they want to do that. And I have a mastermind that really takes on uh, finding your true voice effectively and delivering authentic messages into the world. So I'm up to some good stuff, but it's all the same thing, Elena. It's all the same thing. It's just multiple different ways to look at the same thing. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Fred. Uh, We will share your uh, links under the episode so that our listeners can immediately uh, jump there and and connect with you. Thank you so much for being on Ideas and Leaders. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me on and thank you for your generosity, great questions and great conversations. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag ideas and leaders. See you in the next episode.